God damn it. <laughs> Too many concurrent sessions. Try closing other recording software that might be using NVENC, such as NVIDIA Shadow Player, Windows, Game, DVR. I'm not using either of those. Weird. Um, Close your streams. I, what? I, I, yeah, apparently. In any case, we're back. We're back with another uh. episode of Loose Cannon, and this week we are on Titan. We are talking about Season of the Deep. And uh, a little more than just Season of the Deep, because we are also going to be talking about uh, Bungie's reveals recently. Yeah. That's the big buzz. Everybody's yeah. pumped up. <laughs> to do that before we started. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> How so there's really only uh there's really only the the one story, right? Like yeah. Uh which how do you feel about that? How how do you feel about the the seasonal method now that we're like in it okay. for the third year, I guess? Yeah. <laughs> Man, you know, it just like every time you say that, it just makes me feel like, "Oh my god, I've been playing this game forever." Yeah, it's been it's it's been over <laughs> ten years, or it's going on ten years. Like uh, of play, I don't. I mean, that's fine. You know, time flies, obviously. Uh, but I guess in the scope of of time, time you and I have in this podcast, and then time playing the game, and then time as you know reality and mm-hmm. doing your day to day. Mm-hmm. They're all like to me. They're all just compartmentalized, different worlds. And for some reason, the timeline for Destiny—it seems like it wasn't even—I don't know—six months ago we were playing D one. You know, just in my mind. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of gaps. Every... Like I forget. I forget. Like the big one that people would probably say is like they forget like Shadow Keep. They were, they forget what they did during Shadow Keep. Yeah. Um, I forget what I was doing during Forsaken, and that's when I was like going really hardcore in in the game. Yeah, like, I was going for everything back then. You know, I I so like that's my probably my biggest upset with Destiny as a community was when Forsaken came out because Forsaken had some of the most content we had ever seen in the entire timeline of Destiny, and so few content creators and community people were involved with it i know that there there were many people like you know you were but as far as like heavily covered diving into the lore really getting into the minutia of the game it was very lackluster uh in comparison to how much we had Mm -hmm. it was like bungie gifted us with this immense amount of content and it was barely being covered. I mean, people to this day go, "Wow, that happened in For- Forsaken." And it, you know, sometimes I bring up stuff from Forsaken, and they're like, "Wait, when did that happen?" I'm like, "That was Forsaken." Yeah, you know, it, it is. It is, and you know, it was something that I didn't really care about. But like as time goes on, I'm starting to care about it more. Uh, removing the content is is kind of lame. Where it's like, yeah. I, I do want to be able to go back and experience that stuff because I, yeah. I like half remember it. And it's just like, well, I hope there's a YouTube video because if there isn't uh-huh. like, yeah. Gone. Yeah. We talked about that last episode a little bit about how, you know, yeah, some of the stuff. It, yeah. Yeah. DMCA strikes and mm-hmm. all these things that are, you know, threatening the, the uh, archives that we have 
for all of this stuff. Like, I, I couldn't imagine, you know, I have backups of everything that I've defined as far as, like, Destiny Army defining is, is concerned, but mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine if, you know, I lost all that, yeah. you know? Yeah, and I think I think it a just, big part of it is just it's just how my brain operates. Like it might just be a me thing. Uh like I, I noticed this recently. For for example, I read a lot of comics uh digitally on the Comicsology app, and so I, I yeah. borrow comics and that's like their free term for it. You borrow a comic and then you return oh. it when you're done borrowing it. And then you have no record of what you've read. And I'm like, Yeah, wait, what did I read? Did I, and I, I, I'm like, what were the stories that I enjoyed so much? And I was like, can't for the life of me fucking remember a single one. I'm like, I try to list them off. Someone, like someone asked me and they're like, oh, what are you reading? I'm like, uh, well, <laughs> I can only I, tell you the I one can, I'm reading right now. Everything else is gone. I can, I can feel for you. Um, other, other than the fact that I do have, like, there is places that, you know, have source material that I can go to. But since this, you know, announcement of Marathon, um, all these people have been like, wait, what is this? You know, what is this? And like, and I, and I remember it all. And, um, but <laughs> because there's so many, there's so many fragmented parts of Marathon lore and how did the game work and stuff like that, I've amalgamated it all into one big block of memory. <laughs> <laughs> So I, people ask me like, what is Durandal? You know, what does he do? Or what is, what is Leela? Or wait, what did, did Marathon 2, when did that take place in comparison to Marathon 1994? And I'm just like, oh my God, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. So, um, okay. So I, 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 I have a, a marathon, the marathon image on screen, uh, right now. Yeah. It's, it's of the woman with what I imagine is a sniper rifle with yeah. a lot of like, um, what is it called? Like safety, safety, reflective, uh, yellow. Yes. So is, yeah. is that a okay. woman? Is that, is that an Android? Is that a, a full on robot? Like, um, I don't know, like, okay, so people are, are big in a marathon uh, lore, and, you know, so I'm not, let me just preface all of this, I am not the expert, okay. you know. You, you, just, you did a little dive into it, you're like, this is cool, and you got out of the pool. So I played marathon, and um, but I, I didn't get into the lore back then, because I didn't care Yeah. <laughs> back then. I, yeah. Like, early days of Halo, even Halo 3, I, the story, I loved it, Halo Reach, was probably the first time I actually delved into any Bungie story story. And then, uh, you know, of course I became obsessed with destiny, but that being said, I do know enough about marathon to say what I could say, but I'm not the expert. So I might not get the terminology correct. I might not get the very minor things correct. Mm -hmm. Uh, So forgive me, but, um, I know what's going on here. And uh, I do have enough of a concept and a grasp of what's going on uh, to kind of piece together what they're doing or what's going to happen. So what you're looking at. So if you can imagine this world of Marathon, they've figured out a way to basically supplant a consciousness into an, an, an almost like Android type of body. Uh, if you can call them that. But I guess the closest concept we would have to them in real life or in, in any other kind of sci-fi is you have an android and you can transfer your consciousness into that body. 
and that body carries you and you are the player. And so it's really kind of this neat dichotomy of how you play a PvP game in the first place because, you know, you, you think about yourself playing as that character, you know, you're in your body having the controls, but if you think about it, you're actually inside that character, you know, manipulating their hand movements, looking around the world. So it's really kind of neat just to play with that, right? So, so, so I that's, think that's, that's kind of where they're trying to go. That's really that's a really cool concept. Uh, does that mean that I can play as a worm wearing an Oculus Rift? <laughs> so this is one of those kind of abstract concepts uh, where um, they bring... They called it, on the live Vidoc, they called it graphic realism is what they call this uh, design or this, uh, um, Wait, what would you call it, aesthetic. Code. Has anyone scanned that QR yeah. code? Yeah, yeah, it pulls up a uh, it pulls up an ARG uh, page. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, there are a lot of little um, hints to content. They're not really hints, they're just like <laughs> more teasers. It's kind of like the Drink More Ovaltine, you know? <laughs> oh, okay, okay. So you scan things and it takes you to a page that is, you know, encrypted. And then the, these people have like code broke the uh, code breakers have broken the code and it opens up a page and, and the page is just like a bunch of cool wallpapers and gifts for, for marathon. Yeah. So, um, so, I don't know if you knew this, but, uh, I, I don't, I don't want to overreach and call him a friend of the show, yeah. but he was on the show. So, uh, past guest of the show, John Goff, who has written many, yes. many fantastic lore books, is actually yeah. the, I think he's the narrative lead. Let me, let me get the exact title right. Yeah. I, I, I think he, yeah, he's definitely on the narrative team. Um, yeah, he, he I, is the narrative lead. I couldn't imagine him Marathon not being game. a lead. Yeah. Okay. Um, so he is a lead. Yeah, he's the narrative lead for Marathon. Okay. Which is very exciting. He's he's a fantastic writer. That that makes yeah. me more excited because if it was just a PvP game, it's like, well, I don't really care that much about PvP. But if it's like if it's got right. an interesting story and they're gonna they're gonna tell it in an interesting way, then I might check it out. At the very least I'll follow yeah. along. Like Yeah. John got so when the when they were showing the Vidoc of, you know, the what is marathon. I saw him standing in in one of the cutscenes, like in the background, standing with the other guys. I was like, "Oh shit, John oh, is yeah, in there!" You know, like he didn't formally announce it, and I was like, "Oh fuck, he's right there." <laughs> I got. I, I was go so back happy. And watch that. Yeah, so it was just kind of neat. You know, you can see uh, it's so funny because John John's been in a lot of content that people don't know about. Like he was even in the uh, Todd McFarlane vidoc movie that was on sci-fi about uh spawn and and, and the great. life of todd mcfarland yeah so he was even there because he helped write a lot of the the comic stuff for that and um so like i feel as as far as uh people go in our community john john really deserves a big praise for a lot of what's happened uh obviously you know and and he's just he's an amazing he's an amazing writer he's an amazing person and I just can't say enough good things about John as a he's, whole. He's uh, a great guy. He does have a pretty good twisted humor sense of humor, and he can get really dark in the lore sometimes. That's why every time I yeah. read something that's kind of like vicious or violent, I think it, I'm like John. Was that you? <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Um, that old animated thing. Uh, that old animated movie was it Heavy Metal? 
Yeah, whenever whenever I read something and I'm like, man, this feels like it came right out of heavy metal. And it's like, it's got to be John Goff. <laughs> that's that's yeah. absolutely who wrote this entry. Yeah, yeah. And so and not to, you know, like not to like label him as like a dark, you know, horror writer. He he does a lot more dynamic range, too. Like, yeah. if you think about Forsaken as a whole with all of the uh, the bandits, and you know, that we had to fight in the fallen and, and all the, you know the badasses he wrote a lot of that yeah. um so he was responsible for a lot of the cowboy isms <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you know the western you know sci-fi that's that's john uh yeah. also so he's really good uh at presenting the world in kind of like a slang way like mm-hmm. i don't know if there's a, a proper term exists for this but there's a way of writing that um, really kind of pronounces things and shows dialect when you're reading and he has a really good job he does a really good job of giving people a dialect in a written way so mm-hmm. that when you're reading as a fallen you really feel like you're a, you've adopted their their way of speaking you know or if you're reading as a cowboy you really have uh, int- you know an introspection as to how they speak um, Jaron Ward, perfect example. The last word, all of that. Thorn, that's him. So, there you go. When you read that stuff, you really have a real good grasp of how they spoke and and how that westernized sci-fi world was. Uh, so, yeah. that's one of his many talents. <laughs> I'm really excited to see what he does with uh, Marathon. I know that as far as Marathon goes, that's Chris Barrett's baby. Chris Barrett oh, really? is, you know. Yeah, that's his yeah. that's his baby. So Marathon is uh all him for the most part. And uh so if you've been wondering what CG Barrett on Twitter has been doing for the last three years and why he's been so quiet and whenever people ask him about Destiny and he's like, I don't work on Destiny right now, this is what he's been working on. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> so it's really all it's really awesome to see him and then, you know, of course there's many other uh major people from from Bungie that are with him on that team and mm-hmm. um they have an all-star crew i know it's going to be a pvp focused game uh i would say that if that's your jam by all means if not i would say at least try it out especially um, if there, i really hope there's a beta or a demo or something that you yeah. guys kind of like jump in see what it's about and be like i right, it's not for me and that's that's fine it, it might not yeah. be for everyone if I could compare it to anything, um, I play Halo uh, a lot, and Halo is a very PvP-centric mm-hmm. type of game, and it has a lot of different modes. And Halo yeah. is very polished. It's been around forever. But because of Bungie, they have really defined what they consider, and what they even said in the Vidoc is the Bungie feel, like yeah. the play style. So when you're playing Destiny, that first-person shooter first yep. type of gameplay is what they're known for that fluid smooth runner movement that's them you know that's them too i mean even in marathon they they were groundbreaking uh developers when they created that game because the movement in marathon was far different from like doom and other little Mm -hmm. you know scroller type of first person shooter games where you could fly around the map and what they call drifting uh, back in the day so like you you know <laughs> one of the most annoying things about those types of 
walking through a labyrinth type of old Scott style game is the fact that it takes so long to get from point A to B. Mm -hmm. Um, but in marathon, you fly around the map, <laughs> you can't jump or reload, but anyway, yeah. that no, was pretty groundbreaking sounds, back in the day. Really cool. I, I think, especially when it's a game that's like so heavily focused on the PVP, the most important thing is how, how the, the, the gunplay feels and Bungie has really yeah. nailed that. Like, I, I know a lot of people probably say, like, oh, Bungie can't balance Destiny, things like that. And it's like, but when you think about how many fucking weapons are in the game, and the yeah, fact it's that they're insane. trying to make fun, overpowered weapons for PvE, it's like, the fact that it's even, like, kind of balanced yeah. is impressive. Yeah. I mean, I, I was playing D1 last week just to feel what it felt like again, and um, it, it's great. I, I love D1. Yeah. Uh, as a whole, you know, it sucks that you can't clamber and it sucks that oh. it takes, you know, longer for uh, certain things to come up. But w those super moments in, in the PVP in D1 really felt like super moments. Now, I can't say that because mm -hmm. now it's really a lot of people tune their stuff to just give them the fastest, most, you know, most strength, the fastest super they can get and la 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 la. And um, those supers come about, and they just happen constantly. So it's not really, it doesn't really feel like a moment in the game in PvP anymore. Uh, yeah. But I will say this. <laughs> Everybody hated it when D2 first came out, and the PvP was really, air quotes, balanced. Yeah, People hated it, lost their mind, because those super moments from D1 uh, were gone. And yeah. people just were in really mad in a bad place. But in retrospect, I really feel like that was the most balanced PvP ever had been for Bungie. <laughs> yeah, I, I've heard that from a, a number of people. And I mean, of course, yeah. it is. They, they, they stripped the, the individuality away. And I mean, yep. I'm sure Marathon will have its own individuality, but it'll probably be more in a like, um, <clears throat> here's your gun here's your attachment for your gun, you know, like yes. things like that, yeah. which seems to be yeah. the, the more uh, favored style right now, where it's like, yeah. you, you, you only have 30 guns. You don't have a hundred, a thousand weapons, unique weapons, yeah. each with their own 30 perk pool. Like the, yeah. the numbers insane. are insane. So yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I it's really just like there's a demo. I'd love to check it out. How much sand can you, you know, put on it before you've buried yourself, you know, like, yeah. and every, every, every season people are like, Oh crap, more, more of the same, you know, more reskins are like, Oh, we already had this, you know? And I'm just like, bro, how much more do you need? There's already <laughs> time in here. As if I'm going to take away the weapons I already love. Like they're not coming yeah. off my character. Like yeah, you show exactly. me, they show me all these new weapons, and I'm like, okay, but is it better than my Unforgiven and my Callus my, uh, Mini Tool? Like, I know those are relatively yeah. new weapons <laughs> at the same time, but it's just like it takes a lot for me to be like, yeah. I'm going to put this down and pick this up. Yeah. Well, I don't want to, I don't want to ruin this show and turn it into a marathon show. So yeah. So but you want to do the, uh, the lore card? Yeah, let's do the lore card. Let's get into the lore card. Uh, this one is a very heavy lore card, and I would like to say to everyone listening, all two of you guys out there, no, <laughs> uh, I would like to say that 
if you have read the lore entry on this one, get prepared to have your brain blown. Um, first of all, let's start with the fact that this lore entry for this uh, item has to do with the Titan you saw get, you know, or that was smushed up at the beginning of the season. So his his name is Joxer. He's mentioned in the lore before. That was Joxer? That was Joxer. Oh, no. So Joxer is dead. He tried to go into the big triangle that is in front of uh, the Traveler, the big pink triangle. Um, and this was the attempt he had. Him and his ghost tried to attempt to go onto the other side or whatever that is, the realm of whatever. And in doing so was just, I don't know what you would call this, but it looks horrific. (laughs) But their mangled body that's like half segmented and it almost looks like it would be stuck in stone, but there's no stone. It's just nothingness. It's really creepy looking. Yeah. So poor Joxer. So real quick, just to give you a summary, I don't want to spoil it, but just to give you a summary, Joxer is basically saying, hey, we're going to go take this hawk and we're going to fly it into that big yellow, that big pink triangle. And uh, this is how we're going to get there. We, we, we've been preparing and it didn't work. <laughs> so uh, read that lore entry because it's pretty good, uh, but I don't want to spoil it for everyone. So I will talk about this lore entry or this uh, lore card, though, because... This lore card will blow your brain into the fact or in the way that it did for me because it explains that pink triangle that you're looking at. And um and this what? is a, a yeah, this is a really good one because if you don't already know what this is, um this is a a, a really cool thing. It's called. Are, you, the, are we not ca- going to talk about this lore? I hadn't read it until just now. Are we not going to talk? Do about you want to read it? Yeah, let's go ahead and read it. Go ahead and read it. Oh do you my just do god! It? Okay. Do you so want to read it? Yeah, I'll, I'll read it. So, how do you pronounce okay. this? Akashic revelation? Yeah, it's Akashic. Akashic. Akashic? Yeah, okay. however you want. It. it depends on what side of the globe you're on. So. As as Rhino like summarized, it's Joxer trying to go into the light triangle that has appeared. People say that it's not actually on the traveler; it's just in front of the traveler. I don't know how accurate that is, but you know yeah, what we're knows. talking about when we say it. Yeah, it goes wrong. We saw we saw what happened. What we didn't see is what he actually experienced. So this is what right. he actually experienced. Um, Rosy light bathes the cockpit of the hawk, moving at a cruising speed high above the earth. Up ahead, the traveler hangs motionless against the blackness of space, a triangular gateway of iridescent light bleeding from its shell. It was one thing volunteering for this mission, but sitting now on the precipice of the unknown, the titan, Joxer, holds doubt close to his chest. This isn't any different from the Ahamkara hunts, his ghost reassures, recklessly hasty and dangerous. Joxer glances over at his ghost and smiles, already feeling better. Two cabal escorts on either side of Joxer's hawk stall their engines, letting the hawk proceed forward toward the traveler. They say something over the comms in Ularanth. The translation roughly means, beyond the known is the terror of the universe. 
His ghost offers Joxer's not his ghost offers Joxer's not sure if it's a warning, a curse, or a prep talk. Knowing the cabal, it's all three. (laughs) Easing the flight stick forward, Joxer moves the hawk ahead at a steady pace. His ghost eyes wide, ghost's eye widens as the rosy light from the portal brightens, and the kaleidoscopic surface is all that can be seen in any direction. Joxer's grip on the controls tightens as he feels bone-deep sense of vertigo, echoes of piano notes tinkling in his periphery. He can feel hands on his chest beneath his armor, breath against his cheek inside his helmet. Eric, come back to bed, a voice whispers in his mind. He sees a city, a home, family, and children. He can't sleep. They are alone in the universe. The Ares project is going to... His ghost is screaming, shell coming apart at the seams. Joxer pulls himself back to reality and jerks the controls as the nose of the hawk touches the portal. He hears laughter, screams, feels lips on his cheek, hands on his shoulders as the ship begins to pass through. His ghost screams, stretches from the moment of of the Big Bang to the heat death of the universe. Joxer hears a scream he will make as his ship begins and ends. Come back to bed. He catches up to the screen. Yeah, that's a good one. I really love the way that was written out. This is the perfect one to to have because we're going to be talking about the the final shape trailer as well. Yeah. So let's yeah. finish the lore card and then we can get into the final shape trailer because that is okay. that fucking insane to me. All right. So I just want to point out real t- real quick two things that happened in that entry. Um, one of them being the the moment of the Big Bang and the heat death of the universe. That's 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 illustrating the beginning and the ending, right, yeah, of the universe. The end at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Joxer hears a scream he will make as his ship begins and ends. And then you get two things. Come back to bed, and he catches up to the scream. So those are signifying two moments in his life, one being a core memory, probably one of his first, and then the last one where he, I don't know if you can call it dies, <laughs> but his final moment. And it's really eerie and it's really like gut wrenching because there was this, you know, there was this arrogance or not arrogance. There was this confidence that they had. And then it was just flayed apart and stripped clean, degloved from them. It was very sad, but also good because it's a good, it's a good lore entry. Mm-hmm. Um, so getting into the lore entry. So here's the funny thing is, um, I read that lore entry first because when the new content comes out, I'm crazy and I have to go and read everything. So I read that one. And I was like, Oh no, this has to be the lore card for this week. <laughs> I need to be better about doing that again. Ever, ever since everything's been like yeah. slowly introduced during the season, I've lost that, like that, like. I need it now. I need to read it all now because I just know yeah. it's not all there. Well, I'm going to tell you something. In If history has taught me anything with this game, it's moments like that that you should actually actually force yourself to do it because yeah. that's when the most crazy stuff happens like this. Yeah. Uh, no, you're not wrong. It, because they know. They know when there's a lull and they know when they're quiet and they know when they're whispering and you should be paying attention because everybody's listening when they're yelling, but nobody's listening when they're whispering. And when they, if you don't listen when they whisper, you're missing some of the most crazy stuff. And I say crazy like good in a good way. So anyway, 
Yeah, 39 entries. That's not a lot of reading. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, it, it's not bad other than the fact that all the entries have really not a lot to do with each other, and they're kind of like brain-breaking. Mm. But, so, okay, so this one, so the pink triangle, what is it, right? Mm-hmm. What happened to Joxer? Uh, there's this moment where he experiences everything all at once within his life. It's kind of like when you hear that saying, your life flashed before you, <laughs> before your very own eyes. You know, I almost died, and I saw visions of myself when I was a kid and my family, and, you know, things like that happen, right? We've all heard these expressions of, like, the moment when you escape death or when you almost died, you, or, like, you see uh, near-death experiences, stuff like that. Well, Joxer is gone, and uh, he kind of saw himself as a kid uh, at one time. And uh, so this concept is very, 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 very old. Um, and the reason the ship is called Akashic Revelation is because they're talking about this concept in a way. Um, the, the, the flavor text is, we end at the beginning. Right. So there you go. Same idea of what you just read. We end mm-hmm. at the beginning. So it's a circular mo- movement to life, but not really even not even really that. Uh, so the Akashic Records is it's a spiritual concept used to explain a revelation or the unveiling of hidden knowledge and wisdom. The concept states that the universe is made up of, of an energetic field that contains all the information and experiences that have ever happened or will happen. That's a big thing to wrap your mind around, especially yeah. early in the morning. Um, the Akashic Records are a spiritual concept that has been used for centuries to explain the idea of a revelation or an unveiling of hidden knowledge and wisdom. Uh, but essentially, the concept states that the universe is made up of an energetic field that contains all the information and experiences that will ever happen or will happen. Um, a field known as the Akashic Records can be accessed by those who have a deep spiritual or meditative practice. The idea of Akashic Records comes from the ancient Hindu and Buddhist texts, which describe a universal field or etheric substance responsible for all things in existence. This field is said to be made up of infinite energy, and it connects all beings, living or dead. Within this field, every action, thought, and emotion is recorded, meaning that every human being's life experiences are stored within it. The meaning of revelation is an act of uncovering or revealing something that was previously hidden or unknown. And so revelation in a spiritual context uh, can refer to the awakening of a consciousness or a realization of a hidden truth, right? So Mm -hmm. they're, they're playing with those two things. There's Akashic and then Revelation. Um, Within the Akashic records, Revelation occurs when those accessing the records gain insight and understanding about themselves or the world around them. This can happen in many ways. Some experience Revelations through meditation, while others access the records through dreams or intuition. Accessing the Akashic Records is said to require a deep level of spiritual practice and openness to experiencing revelations. Those who do access the records often find that the information they receive is transformative and life-changing. Uh, 
as they gain a newfound understanding of themselves and the place in the world. Um, in many ways, this personal belief that each individual must explore for themselves, whether or not one accepts this concept, there's sort of a transformative power that comes from accessing hidden knowledge and understanding more about themselves and the world around us. So taking a lot of the uh, belief, you know, out of it, it's a very old concept. Uh, and, and, you know, this happens a lot in theologies and even religions and, you know, ways of life where they ascribe terminology and bring it to you in a way that is, you know, the most, the, the most informative way of allowing you to understand something that is a high-minded concept, right? Mm -hmm. And so the Akashic Records does this thing where it kind of tells you, hey, the entire universe around you is, is recorded, has always been there, will always be there, and so anything that happened yesterday, today, and tomorrow is already done. <laughs> and you can access all of that within that record. Mm -hmm. uh, so the Big Bang to the final heat de death of the universe, which is called entropy, uh, there is recorded information for all of that. And it's, it's already happened, and it, and it hasn't happened at the same time. You know what I, so, I never realized until you just said it like that? The Traveler is the Big Bang and the Witness is Entropy. Yeah, I guess so. Like, they're the, they're the beginning and the end. Because like, there's so many like ways to look at the Traveler and the Witness. They're the Gardener and the Winnower and things like that. They're the light and the dark. They're, they're the beginning and the end. It's, it's yeah. never it's never clicked in my mind until that it's like so obvious it's not like relevate uh a revelation or anything it's just like another another uh dichotomy of them yeah there you go it's a good that's a good way of illustrating it uh you know it, it's one of those it's one of those things we get we get wrapped up in in symbolism and what we know and can define and labels uh based on our own life experiences when dealing with these and I love to call them high-minded concepts <laughs> mm -hmm. because they can be abstract if you don't pay attention. Um, but when you get into it and relate it to everything that you've learned or what, any kind of knowledge you've attained in your life, you really can kind of come up with this personal idea uh, of what that means for you. And I think that's I think that's important for everybody who reads, you know, listens, or you know, just absorbs information. It's mm -hmm. really important for you to come up with what does that mean for you, right? And mm -hmm. um, it can mean anything, right? And if you if you listen closely enough, or if you absorb the information in a way with uh, a lot of openness, you will come up with a very good understanding of what you're of what you're seeing. Uh, and the more information you you get from other things, will always help you uh, as you learn new things. So that being said. When we saw the pink triangle in behind, uh, or in front of, in behind, I don't know. Um, I think this is a really good explanation as to what you're looking at. So if you want to talk about the trailer. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. You ready for that? For, yeah. For final shape. I think it okay. goes really good with this. 
So we wanted to have, we used to, what we used to do on the show, uh, for like live, live viewing is we would just like open the YouTube and, and, you know, screen share the YouTube on, for the stream. That's not a thing anymore. It just gives us a black screen, which is very uh, disappointing. So here is just an image of it. The final image after the conversation. So I will just run down what happens in this trailer. I'm sure everyone knows it. It's, it's a, it's a teaser more than it is a trailer because it's only 30 seconds. Yeah. Um, Ikora conversation so much has happened uh we fought gods we we teamed up with people who were our enemies we fought some more gods you know like and and then it pans to cade and cade has his ace of spades and it has a glow on it and i don't recall is that the glow it gets when you get memento mori because i know it gets a glow no this one's different it's more like a crackled uh glow and Here's something like that from the Traveler's Chosen sidearm, right? Yeah. So this crackle glow is very reminiscent of. Do you remember um, Helm of Inmost Light? Yeah, yeah. That's another one. That's another good one of it. Um, yeah. I, I I wish I could have taken a screenshot of it. Yeah, that, okay. that kind of caught me off guard. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's also a chest of Inmost Light now. Yeah. Uh, oh no, so no, no, you no. Can not, see not, that... not Helm or chest. I can I can pull up that. That's easy. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I know. Like, his sidearm, or I mean his hand cannon, has that crackled, uh, cracking look where, like, light is trying to escape it. Uh, there are a couple of theories I've heard. One being, uh, oh, he turned Sundance, Sundance into his uh, gun moments before he died, and that's why he's still alive. <laughs> I, uh, I do not yeah, I know. that. <laughs> I know, I know. And and I've also heard that uh his light was hidden uh inside of his gun, his ace of spades. Uh, so, so he hid his inmost light inside of his own uh hand cannon. Uh yeah, that kind of craggle. This doesn't have the effect on it, obviously, because it's a static page, but yeah. If you look at that now in game, it has the uh light kind of bleeding out of it. It is a very it is a very similar crackle that Cade has on his ace of yeah. spades. Uh, more importantly, yeah. though, uh, in this, we see uh-huh. that uh, Ikora has Ophiuchus, her ghost. Yeah. Cade yeah. does not have Sundance. Correct. So I think that's a, I think that is a huge clue. So I agree. Um, Ikora, Ikora debriefs him on events, very just like quick debrief. And then he says, I'm here now, wherever here is. So even Cade doesn't know where they are. Right, right, and so this is where we get into the lore uh, card that I just read. Uh, uh, read mm-hmm. the the pink triangle you can see is in the skybox, mm-hmm. <laughs> skybox, uh, as opposed to being on we, the traveler. Right. So a lot of the assumption is that this is inside the traveler, or mm-hmm. this is elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And I think I think elsewhere is a much better way to describe where this is because I don't want to say that everything in the universe is inside the traveler or that even the pink triangle is on the traveler. I want to say more in my mind, I want to say more that the triangle is in front of the traveler and it is an access point for all things everywhere all at once. And so this pink triangle represents the universe. Uh, The veil was very much a conduit to allow 
the witness to 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 transfer into the everything everywhere all at once yeah and if you even look at the veil at the top of the veil it has been described as the incomprehensible uh it's a visual representation of the incomprehensible shape of the universe so if you look down at the veil when you in those missions and you're lucky enough to actually look at the floor or whatever you're looking at uh, you can see how it has all the really cool looking design that swirls and stuff so that veil is a conduit that allows you to uh, i guess get to the everything everywhere all at once (laughs) and so in my mind this represents a place that is in the everything everywhere all at once is that I guess that's just what I'm going to start calling it now. <laughs> yeah. And I get it. So so if if uh everyone recalls uh when Callus was failing to get the veil, the witness was getting uh-huh. very mad and and mentioned that the veil is key to achieving the final shape. And once the veil is obtained, this this triangle is formed. So Correct. So I I think I think you're I think you're really onto something. If if the final shape that the witness desires is supposed to be like an entropy, the heat death of the universe. This is everything colliding at once, just like Jonxer experienced as they entered this triangle where they, exactly. they, saw, they saw their life from an early moment, their life in the middle before they were a guardian. And they were working on the yeah. Ares project, which is a huge like thing. The fact that what they the were working, moment. they were yeah. on the team that was yeah. making contact with the traveler and then they died and became a guardian. Like that's amazing on its own. Yeah. So that's and, a what the fuck moment. Yeah. And then ultimately <laughs> to the point, I would even go so far not just to say to the point of his death, but to the point beyond his death. Like exactly. He was so, to this there, point. so that's why I preface that with saying, if we could even say Joxer actually died, right? Yeah. Because what's to he, say he that he didn't just leave there you go. Like he didn't just shed his mortal coil and become one with the everything everywhere all at once. Yeah. Right. So somewhere in this triangle, there is a pocket and this pocket is, it was accessed by Ikora. No, no, no doubt. And she has her ghost. So Ikora is very smart. I mean, she mm-hmm. wrote on circles, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then decided that that was all BS and we need to scrap it. <laughs> So even in the lore, she is so smart to even know that her old uh, writings that she founded, that was the foundation for what they could understand their universe, she had to scrap it all uh, because she had more information that taught her even more about everything. So Ikora as as a character is very cool because she's the most onto something out of everybody in the game. Uh, And it's not necessarily out of a, out of a place of like how uh, Osiris is just, you know, very arrogant and, and almost hubris, like where he just goes out and he's like, I must, I must, I must, I must. She's more like doubtful, skeptic, you know, very, you know, but it's from this history of being a lot like Osiris is now where she was very iconoclastic and had to brute force everything and headbutted the world around her. Um, because we know about her early developmental lore of when she was young, she was, you know, a crucible badass and she would just like throw herself at everything. And then through the, the speaker 
she learned a new way. And through the mentorship of her leaders and Zavala being a side-by-side with her, she learned to be more reserved and respectful around her, her environment and to, to know when to put herself in a position at its, you know, I don't know when it's necessary. Right. Yeah. Uh, so that being said, I really think that Ikora figured out something and is here for a reason because she knows how to get here. Yeah. So uh, uh, for anyone who who didn't know, uh, Ikora wrote 12 volumes called like on circles volumes <laughs> one through 12. And after the events of uh season of arrivals, I believe it should be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's weird because it says it says it's from this comes from Vesper Radius, which is from Curse of Osiris. Vesper of Radius, yeah. So I just because uh so at the end of the entry she says how uh I have to rewrite rewrite it all twelve volumes, dare I ask why? The traveler is ar- alive, I've heard, so so our physics framework has oh, this is after uh D2 vanilla where it bursted out after uh duh after it bursted out from uh Gaul's attack. And so yeah. even about e- even about like circles, Ikora turns to Chalco in the eye, especially about circles. So yeah, she <laughs> she wrote a whole fucking lot about circles. Yeah. So she was on the wrong shape. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean, I think she still thinks it's uh that circles are very important. Sure. But maybe more of like a concentric circle. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. We have triangles now, right? Pyramids, triangles, all this stuff. It, yeah. It's just fun. It's fun how de- uh how Bungie likes to play with all of these uh <laughs> all these little things, you know, like pyramids and triangles and the hexadec what is it? The dodecahedrons. Yeah. Uh and then yeah. It's just funny. So all these different shapes and they're polygons and whatnot. And, you know, it, for me, it's really funny because this whole game is, um, it's a video game and everything in the universe of destiny is built on polygons. (laughs) So if you can think about it from a 3d perspective as somebody who manipulates 3d tools, such as, you know, blender, which is a new thing that came up on anyway. Uh, there, the I mean, all the people, the guns, the weapons, everything is built on polygons, just you know, represented in a three D imaging tool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it, it's funny to me that like this entire world is built on all these shapes and whatnot, but uh, it, it's almost like they're just playing around and being comical about the fact that it's a three D environment in a video game. Yeah. So then let's so, let's get back to this this uh final shape land yep. landscape that we have. So yeah. Um so we 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 have Cade, we have Cade without yep. without Sundance. We have Ikora right. with Ophiuchus. And right. they have the pink triangle. So I think I think I I really like what you said about it not actually being like this is the other side of the traveler but like this is the other side of the pink triangle. Yes, this, there this you is, go. This is the this is the everything everywhere all at once. This is the beginning. This is the beginning of something new. This is the witness trying to make the game how they want it to be. 
again. They That's are a the good Fauci. one. I like Everything that. Everything that comes I never thought of that. will be through yeah. Witness's vision. Yeah. Because that's what Oryx wanted, right? Like, that's what Oryx would always That is say. what Oryx wanted, uh, but uh, ultimately Oryx was, you know, being uh, led by, you know, I guess the witness. So, yeah. Let me, let me see if I can find it uh, quickly. So, what I'm thinking is, this is, where wherever Ikora and Cade are right now is in the after it's in the after the witness wins it's it's like not uh it's not actually a, a point in time um right well it's very pretty i mean it's got you know waterfalls and a river you know some some immediate some people immediately looked at it and just went oh that's valhalla <laughs> You know, yeah. like this is the this is the afterlife where you go when warriors die, and this is their peaceful you know land of living. And uh, I wanted to say that it was more than that. It's not just that. It's not any of that, really. It's everything, <laughs> uh, as the lore entry kind of alludes to. Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, because the Akashic records and jocks are trying to go into this pink triangle and then experiencing all of that. It's very much telling as to what is going on, uh, because if you think about the pink triangle as accessing everything, everywhere, all at once, this is just one of many places. Yeah. So, and uh, you know, this could be the beginning. This could be the end. This could be somewhere in between. This could be another place in between. In saying that makes my mind remember the very first trailer we had for destiny when the aries one team is walking on mars and the terrain in the background in the skybox was morphing and changing i know Mm -hmm. people say that's just a visual stylization of the trailer to kind of give you a sense of airiness and coolness but no the the background the ter- the terrain the environment was changing different shapes it was almost as if they were telling you hey they've been here before many times many ways in many different capacities uh it's just you know it's hard to it's hard to pin that down and tell people that so like they never did they never bothered um you know and and maybe they're just going back to it maybe they never had an idea for it maybe they just do and but for me, in my mind, I couldn't help but think that, you know, the Aries one team, how many times and how many ways and how many different alternate universes did they do that very same thing? Mm. Um, you know, one of the things that happens in Destiny lore is we talk about how, well, I can't find it right now, but the ghost seemingly pulls your copy from somewhere else when you died and re and brings you back to life you know that's, it's like uh, that's from no rest for the weary if you uh want to oh i love that one yeah. i love that one that's a great one it just makes your mind go what you know are you saying that are you saying that our, our guardian just comes back to life from somewhere else and like another you from some other copy of you or what you know but it's you <laughs> it's like what? Anyway, it's really cool. Yeah, um, 
I think this is what I was looking for. Uh, so what I was saying is what I think this is, is, is the witnesses, um, like vision for the after. And so it from, uh, 32 majestic, majestic in the books of sorrow, <clears throat> it says, and if life is to live, if anything is to survive through the end of all things, it will live not by the smile, but by the sword, not in a soft place, but in a hard hell. Not in the rotting bog of artificial paradise, but in the cold, hard, self-verifying truth of that one ultimate arbiter, the only judge. The power that is its own metric and its own source. Existence at any cost. Strip away the lies and truces and de delaying tactics they call civilization. And this is what remains this beautiful shape. So I think like mm. that's kind of like what this is supposed to be. Like a very... There, there's... It's very devoid of anything. It, it it's it's it look it looks fresh. Like it looks like something is ready to right. form, but that there's no. It life. almost looks like it almost looks like um, what's his name from the Marvel universe when he snaps his fingers? <laughs> Thanos. Yeah, it almost looks like Thanos is here. You know. <laughs> yeah. What what it actually really makes me think of is it really reminds me of uh death stranding in in that like first area where i never completed it so maybe i, I have a misunderstanding of, of what's going on in death stranding but it's like mm -hmm. the the rainfall they call it time fall uh yeah time like fall. rain falls and it like accelerates the process of like decay dying. this is what it looks yeah, like yeah living and dying. yeah that's interesting so I, 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 I'm, I'm really intrigued at your thought of it's like the everything everywhere all at once type of thing. So it, it becomes yeah. a question of how does Cade get there? Exactly. So that's my, that's my thing is like, okay, so Cade is there, but has he always been there? And is he just now knowing he's there or is mm -hmm. this just another Cade or is this Cade Cade? And he somehow circumvented his, um, in a in like, I hate to sidebar this. No, I just I but... just had a, I just had a, a, a stupid thought that I kind of hope is fans out. Okay, so here's something funny. Here's something funny about Cade Six. So Cade Six is voiced by a by a, a human who lives in real life named Nathan Fillion, and yeah. Nathan Fillion is back. This is Nathan yeah. Fillion, not Nolan North, doing Cade Six. So let's get that out of the way. This is very much Nathan Fillion. However. Mm -hmm. Something I know about Nathan Fillion, being a Bungie fan and being a fan of Nathan Fillion, when he was approached by 343 in the development of Halo 5, he would, they, were, they said, we would, or Nathan Fillion said, hey, I want to be in that new Halo game. And they said, sure, we definitely want you to be in here. Come on, this is great. We love you, Nathan Fillion. Come do it. He goes, I'll do it, but under one... Uh, under one condition and they said sure he goes i want to be a spartan so <laughs> they took his odst character which odsts are just marines i mean of course they're bigger people badasses whatever but spartans are huge spartans are like they go through an augmentation process that creates spartans like to be a spartan you got to be a big mojo who goes through a bunch of stuff anyway they made Nathan Fillion a Spartan, basically on him saying, I want to be a Spartan. Mm -hmm. 
And so they took an ODST character from the Halo universe and made him a Spartan. They even kept his ODST armor, but made it more Spartanified, if that's even a term. Like, they made it more like what a Spartan ODST would look like. And so I can't help but think that Nathan Fillion was like, dude, I'm coming back. I can't wait to come back. But if I come back, obviously, I got to be Cade 6, you know? Yeah, <laughs> you got to bring me back from the dead some way. Figure it out. I don't care. <laughs> so, so I, I I didn't realize this is what they meant, but I have a clan a clanmate. <clears throat> we were talking about this uh, because no no one in my clan is really excited at the idea of Cade Six being revived, which I agree. Yeah, like, that'd be really lame if he's just like I'm alive again because sure. I, because we said so like that. I think there's potential interesting story that they could do and i really hope they do because i i am excited to see him because it's like what does this mean but you have to answer that question so my clammy uh said and agrees with you and, and and now also me i think the final shape is a singularity full collapse of space and time so in there kate exists because he's from a time before he got killed and i didn't realize I think this is what they were saying. I didn't realize it at the time of reading that because that was a couple days ago. Sure. What if this Cade is actually like a past version of Cade who some fucking hell <laughs> ended up here? Well, okay, I don't know where so, the fuck I am. Akora okay. shows up. All right, cool. You got me back home to my to my proper time. You know, like yeah. he, he comes back, like just like fucking uh, uh, Elsie does. Like he comes back right after, yeah. right yeah. after he yeah. killed Tanix, and he's like, "All exactly. right, I'm back." You won't believe where I was. I was in the future with you, and you saved me. And and we were working with the Cabal, and they're just like, "Shut the fuck up, Kate." Like, <laughs> that's badass. You know <laughs> we, what's we funny? Don't, is, don't believe uh, a damn word you're saying. Do you remember in Do you remember in D two when uh, this is gonna this is going to bend some minds, so I'm just going to say it, because maybe some people are already listening and they've already thought of this, but remember when Cade was on Nessus and he got stuck in the Vex, uh, yes. the Vex thingy? There it is. Oh my Perfect God. back door. Perfect back door. Because remember, even in then, um, uh, Failsafe was like, where are you? And he was like, I don't know. I'm somewhere else or some win. Because the ah. Vex have portals and uh, ways to, you know, get an access to other places. And now that we have, now that we have Homeboy Asher just chilling out in the Vex network, who's seemingly figured out a way to hack it, why not? Yeah. You know, maybe stuff and- happens to you on that other side, kind of like what happened to Sloan when she, you know, had an unfortunate event you know but maybe maybe this version of Cade has a little bit of that darkness stuck on him you know got stained by it or whatever yeah but i wonder who knows the other the other possibility and i'll just throw this out there i don't really necessarily think this is what's going to happen but like wherever this is how how trusting are we going to be that it's Cade? Because yeah. from from what we understand, it is either impossible or at the very least very difficult for a guardian to harness the light without having a ghost. And 
Cade doesn't have That's Sundance. True. And so, That's true. Yeah, so it's like, but, hey, I'm Cade. But, oh, can you prove yeah. it with a golden gun? It's like, nah, Sundance is dead. I can't do that. Yeah, it's true. But also, we we do have those little back doors that Bungie wrote in the lore where transference of light had happened before. And we also yeah. have those little things. Wait, of wait, 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 I disagreed without realizing what you just said. What are you telling me? I'm not talking about full transference of light. I'm just talking about people giving their ghost away to other people. No, we don't. Other individuals. No, we do not. <laughs> you tell me the fucking entry. No, we do not. Uh, What's the entry? Remember, Jan- okay, so remember Thorn? Yeah, I I know I know the saga of Dwindler's Ridge. I know that's yeah. what people love to fucking say. Jared yeah. Ward, Shin Malfer yeah. had a ghost yeah. that revived him as a baby and died. Yeah. Oh, so you're saying Jaron Ward's ghost was the key for Shin harnessing the light yes. and killing Dredgenor? Yes. I mostly disagree with you. And that's I, all I say I'm that like, I completely disagree with like, you. I just don't. There's just no know, evidence know, to back okay. either of us up. That's okay because I don't either. But I'm just saying that is a back door that could be explained. I, it is. You're right. You're right. That's all I'm saying. It's not a back door. I fucking like though. I know me either. <laughs> but that's the problem with uh, really complicated, interconnected lore. Is yeah. um, you know, you have all of these possibilities and potentials uh, that can happen. And a lot of the lore could just be, you know, false because yeah. we have we have to rely on characters in game and see things through their perspective. And then it could be explained that what they were seeing was completely wrong, like the entire Books of Sorrows. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this book is full of lies. Things like that exist for a reason. Uh, and then you just have tons of bungee isms that exist, like all the immense amount of marathon references. I could write an entire book on Destiny only talking about their references to other games. There's so much content. Yeah. It, there are things that are referenced in flavor text for bounties that you pick up from Kate, I mean, from uh, Shacks that have to do with Marathon or Halo. And even even uh, myth, it's like what? So anyway, you could write an entire book that you could sit on your coffee table of all the bungee isms. Probably even title it that. Yeah, uh, bungee isms. Well, I hope I, I ultimately hope that everyone is very excited to to know that even in the beginning of Final Shape. We don't really understand what the fuck the witness did. <laughs> because yeah. that's what, the, unless this happens next season, unless Ikora disappears this season or next season, like, yeah. If, if, if season four of Lightfall is Ikora disappearing and then we go to find out where she is, that means that yeah. we just accidentally did something because she also doesn't know where they are or maybe she doesn't right maybe she does know actually because maybe she does know maybe she yeah. has had had a had a thing in her mind the whole time yeah i mean remember because, she's you know the leader of the hidden so they've yeah. got like a network 
Well, what I was going to say is maybe she does know because maybe it's like, well, I'm here now, kiddo, wherever here is. Yeah. And then it cuts and Ikora's like, oh, here is actually. And like, we don't, we don't hear, like, we figured it all out. <laughs> <laughs> we know everything, but we can't say it. Yeah. yeah. Maybe that would be cool. We didn't talk yeah. about Season of the Deep at all. And we are coming up at our time. <laughs> yeah. We got about six minutes left. I know. Well, I do enjoy fishing. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, let's talk about fishing. Let's talk about fishing. I fucking love okay, the okay. fishing, except I hate how the fishing works. What? Oh, I don't even know how it works, honestly, dude. I don't know how to catch better fish. I think, okay. I was thinking it had something to do with how fast your reaction time is when you pull oh. on the hook. Yeah. Okay, because when I'm really good at it, I get a, I get a, a legendary, but yeah. when I'm not very fast, I get, you know, just comments and rares or whatever they're called. Um, so if you watch, but I have the, yet uh, to have little, gotten exotic. I have not gotten exotic. I've, I've witnessed an exotic getting caught and I got a triumph for catching an exotic that I did not catch. Oh, what? You just yeah. have to be with somebody who's getting one. Yeah. To get a specific, there is a specific triumph for fishing oh, that says catch an exotic and I didn't catch it, but I still got it. I didn't get to put it in the aquarium because I didn't catch it. Yeah. So I didn't get the, the reward for it, but I got the try. Isn't it so, cool that the fish you catch are in your aquarium? Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. When I, when I, when, when I went into the helm and I'm like, wait, we're underwater. Are we under Titan? Yeah. I was so confused. <laughs> and I like went up and down yeah, the stairs like the three, trying, three times trying to figure it out. And yeah. I was just fucking laughing to myself. Cause I was like, so drifters like, yeah, I'll help you out. I need an aquarium and a wet bar because there's a fucking bar there with a frame behind it. Like, are you kidding? Yeah. Me? yeah. And a, like a little lounge area to chill out. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah, this is, this is my new pad. Like, this is where I'm hanging out. Like I will help you, but it's going to cost <laughs> you. It's but funny so, because all the, I didn't know at first, it took me a second for somebody to point it out, but it's funny how all of the past, uh, artifacts and things that we've had from other seasonal content are inside your aquarium. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Like so, the spear from whatever that season was, the the word or the yeah. There's that's in there and then yeah. the this the war mine triangle pyramid things in there mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. the hammers in there and oh did you did you see that when you catch a frog it's in there? Oh well yeah what yeah. do you mean when you catch a frog? Like when you catch a frog, because well, like, like you get fish, but you also catch a, a frog, and then there's like a lobster. Yeah, yeah, there's lobsters. There's, it's a servant yeah. lobster. It's the pun on servant <laughs> leader. Yeah, so oh, I love God. the fishing, but so so from my understanding, and I could be wrong about this. From my understanding, having a perfect catch does slightly increase your odds of getting a better fish, and it will say oh. if you got a perfect catch, like in your little kill feed, it's like, oh, perfect catch. And it's not, it's not hard to get a perfect catch. I'd get, I'd say I'd get a perfect catch basically every time because it, it's got a, a good window for it. Um, yeah. But so then, so then you and however many people are at the fishing hole, every time you catch a legendary fish or better, your fish focusing goes up a little bit. And it's got tiers where the fish start swarming. And as those tiers go up, you get more and more legendary fish and more and more exotic fish. And oh. so, but you need bait to get these fish. So okay. you need to go there with a good amount of bait 
and then you have to be there with people and then you have to get lucky to get enough legendary fish to keep that focus oh, going up and this is what i hate about it you have to be lucky enough to not have a public event spawn because it will take away your fishing hole uh is that what people are talking about that's what i was talking about i didn't see anyone else talking about it but i was fucking livid i had I we we maxed out the focusing bar and people were just fucking getting legendaries, legendaries, legendaries. Someone got an exotic. I had like forty more bait. I'm like, I'm in this man. Like, I am getting something good oh, today. Damn. Uh, a spider tank came and send the EDZ. A spider tank came across the oh, fucking patrol. Yeah, that's it's nowhere near the fishing hole. Despawns. Well, just and do I'm it like, on just do it on Nessus because there's, there's no public a, there's, event there's there. two there's two public events that spawn there. There are. Yeah. They have the drill right, and they where, have where the, the, fish uh, the well. It's 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 so like you're in the cistern. Public event uh-huh. spawns in the cistern. It goes away. Yeah. So oh, son of a bitch. Yeah. Even when you're fishing, though, it'll it will even go away. Even fishing, in the middle of your fish, you can have a fish on the line, and it, your dock will go away, and you catch the fish. And That's it's gone. bullshit. That and I bullshit. was like, "All right, let's let's knock out this public event. And come back to the fishing hole because you can leave yeah. and come back to the fishing hole, and you'll keep yeah. it focusing." Nope, resets it. It's gone. It's gone. All the all the effort that that you and and four strangers just made is gone. All the bait that you put in to get to that level gone. Oh, that sucks. I had the final <laughs> shape image up that entire time for fishing. <laughs> I forgot to turn that off. Oh, <sighs> I really funny. like fishing. Otherwise, it's 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 very fun. It's 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 a very dislike. You know. Uh, I need to kill a couple minutes waiting for my raid. Let's just go catch some blue fish and, and fucking load them up in the in the the aquarium. I think it's I think it's a great yeah. mini activity. Every yeah. game should have fishing. I agree. <laughs> Our you can pet episode, the dog again. You have fishing. All that. Our next episode will be on June eleventh, and okay, that's good. Our next episode will be on June eleventh, and uh, we should be talking about uh, some actual good impressions on season of the deep because we'll have a few weeks to get that story. Yeah, and we we'll, we might even have a book, right? I I don't know. Isn't it? Is it more than three weeks? I, oh, maybe it is. Like I don't think we'll have a full book. If it's in the API, we can read it. I don't give a fuck about that. I I have no idea if it's in the API. I imagine it isn't. I I imagine Bungie is still being stingy on the API books. Yeah, we gotta stretch right, it until. Bye. Bye, everybody. <laughs>